You're listening to Living Free, your podcast for a life full of freedom and magic. I'm your host, Tanya Hirsch, and I hope that every time you listen, you feel a little bit more inspired to follow your intuitions and to create a life beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome back, my loves, to the Living Free podcast. Today, I have a juicy inspiring and deep interview with Aurika Valan for you. But before we dive into the episode, I have an announcement to make. The doors for Soul Aligned are officially open. We start on the 25th of September until the end of the year. It's a three-month deep healing and embodiment journey through your body to create a life that your soul deeply desires. And you can listen to my previous podcast interview episode where I share all the juicy details of this three months transformative life-changing program where we will really dive deep into your soul, into your inner world to see what's out of alignment with your truth. Where are you operating in your life out of old wounds, old pain and how is it showing up in your life? We're going to go to the root cause and self source your inner child you're gonna learn how to feel safe in your body how to ground yourself how to activate your sexual energy how to be in your power and reclaim your power how to open your heart de-armor your heart so you can really share from an authentic place and then we're gonna go all the way up into your throat we have a beautiful woman joining us as an expert for the yoni throat connection so this will open your throat so you can share your voice and this is especially important if you have your own business or you're starting your own business where you are your business and you're sharing your voice with the world and there's so many blocks so much fear in this area and we really work through the body so you can share your gifts share your voice with this world without holding back and keeping yourself small You're going to be connected to your body, to your intuition, so you don't operate your life from your mind, but from your body and soul. And the woman that already joined blow my mind. They are so willing to do the work. They are ready to show up, to invest in themselves. And if you feel the calling to join, like I said, you can find the details in my last podcast episode. And you can also show, look in the show notes. I will add the link and you can have all the information waiting for you and I can't wait to read your applications, share with me your biggest vision, how do you want to feel after these three months, what would be your best dream case scenario and yeah now I'm gonna share with you about our episode today. Like I said I had Aurika, Aurika Valan in the show, she's a woman's intimacy coach, very feminine embodied woman and her deepest soul calling is to support high achieving women in experiencing the unfiltered essence of their truth and awaken consciousness in their sexuality. Aurika mentors high achieving women to awaken their sexuality, master the art of polarity and create extraordinary relationships where they feel deeply cherished and claimed. Aurika works with women long term through one-on-one -on -one and group coaching blending somatic trauma-informed methods and tantra, creating an embodied transformation that lasts for the rest of their lives. And you can feel the power of her work when she talks 
because she has quite a journey. She's had quite a journey on her own and she's, yeah, a really embodied feminine woman. And we talked about how you can use the art of polarity in your relationship, in your relationships and in business. How you can start de-armoring your heart. So if you feel you're close, your heart is very closed, she shares a beautiful technique how you can create de-armoring those layers and why a sacred morning practice is essential to get there. How to strengthen your inner masculine and your inner union between your inner masculine and inner feminine, which is really important to live in wholeness and to get back into your feminine magnetism. She also shares the art of polarity and how this can really look like in your everyday life, in your relationship, in your business, how you can implement these polarities into these areas. So without further ado, let's welcome Aurika to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Aurika. I'm so grateful and excited to dive deep with you today. Hey, beautiful. So happy to drop in. So the first question I ask all of my podcast guests is what does living free to you mean right now in this moment? Living in deep attainment to the openness of my heart moment to moment. And this is my feminine integrity. How deeply can I feel and how deeply can I open as love moment to moment and expressing my emotions and my longings, my desires in the moment as they come. I loved it. Are you able to live like this all the time or are there moments where you kind of close your heart for a moment because it feels safer? Of course, I do not think that we should offer the surrender and the openness of our hearts just fully anytime with anyone. Definitely not, right? However, for me, it's about having a choice. Can I choose to keep my heart open? Because I know that's going to deepen my my communion with myself, with God, with my beloved, with my romantic beloved, right? And then when I have the choice, I have the freedom, right? Even if it hurts, I can still open. But I can also have a choice to protect my heart if it's not the right moment or place, you know, to express her vulnerability. Yes, so true. I love that. So I'm curious, for those who don't know you, how did you end up teaching about intimacy and polarity and relationship and all these things you're sharing today because every woman I interview in this podcast has a powerful story and it's always related to what they're sharing so in a nutshell what brought you to this work and how was your personal relationship with men and yourself before you ended up in the relationship you're in right now so initially I started off working with sexuality primarily with sexual energy as a healing modality, because that was the very thing that helped me heal insomnia, heal some unhealthy patterns of attracting emotionally unavailable partners, and really go into the very core of these patterns that I was trying so hard to change with my mind. And that never worked, right? So going down to the very core of my sexuality, including my emotions, because they come very much in hand together with sexuality, I was able to go into the mystery that lies in my body, my subconscious, right? So by bringing consciousness and sacredness into my sexuality, I was able to heal some really, really challenging patterns. As I mentioned, primarily it was my insomnia, which made me 
basically feel like a robot for almost two years when I couldn't sleep, right? And also come back into secure attachment where I realize that I can create love or a relationship where I feel cherished, safe, and chosen without it continuous seeking, going back and forth, having these intense peaks and valleys, you know, just having this chaotic mess of relationships that, you know, used to riddle my life. And when I transitioned more into intimacy and relationships work, I had this realization that, of course, okay, we awaken our hearts, we awaken the aliveness in our bodies and our sexuality, but what's next, right? It's easy, kind of, relatively easy, let's say, to do the square by ourselves and our yoga mats and our bedrooms, but what do we do in life? How do we actually use these gifts, these feminine gifts in our businesses, in our relationships, you know, even in our families? So this is actually the thing that really fascinated to me the most because, yeah, when we learn how to bring the openness of our emotions and sexuality in our daily life, this is when we live in an embodied meditation, right? And I feel like this is the feminine path of living in deep attainment to our hearts and bodies and sexuality because the practice never stops. Meditation never stops. It's very easy just to be, you know, love and light on your yoga mat. But when you're having a fight, this is when the real work begins. I love that. And if you take us a little bit back, even before you started sharing about sexuality, how did your relationship life look like? How did your professional life look like? What was the pivotal moment where you said, okay, something needs to change in my patterns and the way I feel about myself and how I relate to the world. Yes. So there was not one single moment that I can say, okay, that moment changed my life. You know, very often the hero's journey is comprised of many tiny hero's journeys. So when I was 18, I went to France. I ended up, you know, like in a vegan naked community. There, I discovered a whole new way of living, right? <laughs> Then when I was in my early 20s, I began exploring rainbow gatherings, gatherings, you know, where it's like a thousand hippies gather for a month to live in a forest, you know, building a community from zero, <laughs> while at the same time doing, working in the corporate, right? So I had like a very double life most of my life, thinking that's my way of creating harmony, living in extremes, <laughs> experiencing so much duality, you know, being a naked hippie and then putting on my serious woman hat and going to work in the corporate, literally <laughs> from one day to another. <laughs> then I became a yoga teacher. And I lived in a kind of in the city ashram in Spain. I was teaching yoga there, realizing that I'm not feeling exactly happy here. I would mm -hmm. leave the ashram to walk around Madrid. I'm just looking around these happy Spanish people, just sipping in a glass of wine for lunch during the work break, which looked even offensive to me drinking wine during the day, you know, because I was this shanti shanti good girl. But deep down, I was longing for that freedom, that ease, that the pleasure, you know. So my way of rebelling against my yoga life was to go out on a walk in Madrid and have a cigarette and a coffee and then come back to teach yoga. You know, I thought that's my harmony. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that was not exactly in integrity, but I was just so torn. Like, okay, I had abandoned my corporate, my city life, all the matrix things that are supposed to make me happy and secure to live a yogic life and I did not find peace there you know so once again I abandoned my yoga career and then I came back to the city life I had an, again a bunch of all kinds of jobs I speak five languages so I would always get a job through languages but it was never aligned in myself you know so just change all kinds of jobs I'm still teaching yoga 
are still living a double life. I would go out at night and party until, you know, until dawn and then <laughs> live this double life for many years. And of course, insomnia was part of this because my soul was shattered. My soul was longing. And later on, I realized that it is my feminine longing that was trying to make me come alive. And being that superwoman, you know, both spiritual, a party girl, and also an independent career woman, all of these women, I thought, I cannot long for love. Mm. I'm supposed to hold it all together and just make it work. And that longing just felt so vulnerable, so tender, that there was just no way I could have the capacity to hold its intensity in my body, right? So we just shut it down and shut it down. And later on, when I began to work on de-armoring my heart, and back then I had no idea what it was, of course, I realized that it was my longing for love, for intensity, for lightness, for pleasure. That was my home. And so it was coming back home to my body and sexuality was the main gateway that I found at the time that helped me find that sense of belonging. Wow, actually, I can experience that sense of love and bliss, even pain in my own body and actually surrendering to that intensity. I came back home to my sovereignty as a woman, to my wholeness. And that moment, which lasted a few years, right? Not one single moment. That was the pivotal moment where, sorry, the pivotal phase in my life that I transformed my relationships. Because during that mess of living the so-called balanced life, of living so many <laughs> opposite realities, my relationships were reflecting that completely. You know, I was falling in love with very unavailable men, emotionally or geographically too, because I was often traveling. And then just experiencing these intense, passionate romances and the intense abandonment. You know, I could even tell from the very first date what would happen in the next two weeks because mm. the pattern was just so clear, right? Just living out my unavailable dad story, like a lot of women. And not only when I came back into this profound union with my body, emotions, and sexuality, was I able to approach relationships very differently and eventually come into secure attachment. There was so much magical wisdom in it that I would love to dive deeper with you and first of all thank you for sharing that because I think sometimes we need this moment where we feel it doesn't work anymore to walk around with an empty cup or with a glass that has a hole on the bottom to seek validation and laugh from everyone around us because we don't know how to self-source and then it was the same for me when I had my first energetic orgasm and I didn't really know that this was possible it was kind of an accident And I felt this love and this bliss in my body. And I realized, wow, it's nothing outside of me. This feeling I can create it within myself. And this is also how this huge door, this universe opened to this field that sometimes the healing, the yoga traditions don't include and the meditation part, it's all from the shoulders upwards or just physical. We try to think our way to the life that we desire. But if we really choose to live in alignment with our soul, There's always things that come up to the surface that we have to face and the reasons why we shut our heart. And a question that I received from one of my community members was, how do you get started? If you're the strong, independent woman like you were a few years ago and you had it all together and your life looked amazing on the outside, how do you get started to open your heart if it doesn't feel safe in your body? How do you take the first tiny baby steps to de-armoring these layers? What a beautiful question. Thank you so much. So firstly, I really 
want to inspire women to not wait for a big external meltdown or calling until we cannot live like this anymore, right? Let's not wait for, you know, very often the big wake-up calls are diseases or body, let's say, challenges or relationship issues or breakups, things like that. Let's not wait for these wake-up calls because they would come eventually if we don't take the time, the time to listen right now. So the very first baby step that I recommend to all women is have a morning practice. And I know that most of us know about that, but we don't often commit to doing something regularly. And only when it's consistent and regular, it is going to make a deeper embodied change in our lives, right? And the second thing is, what are we doing that morning practice? So I don't think that just doing yoga meditation is going to change our lives, right? As you said beautifully, Yoga does help us to transcend our body, our emotions, and our thoughts, right? It is an important practice to cultivate our inner masculine. And yoga, for example, for me, even though it doesn't heal the body, it's still a masculine practice because we have a structure to follow. While the feminine is all about movement, change, feeling, emotions, or pleasure, and being in flow which is completely devoid of any agenda or goal or structure, right? So once we include a more feminine way of feeling and being in the morning practice, we kind of create a little crack in the system that is built on maybe a lot of doing, a lot of goals, a lot of business, right? So we want to create a little crack in the morning practice. And I'll share in a moment what we could do, right? To create a more feminine morning practice. But just firstly, I want to establish why we want to do this. Why specifically in the morning? Because when we wake up, we have this unblocked channel to source, God or goddess, whatever you call it. And this is how we create an imprint for the nervous system to know that it is safe to turn our attention inward throughout the day. And it's safe to feel the feelings. It's safe to be with a little bit of pain, a little bit of longing, a little bit of numbness, right? So we learn almost a whole new language to be with the body, but we do this in the mornings because we have not received any emails or, you know, triggers or contractions yet from the external world. So there is less resistance. And then what to do in this morning practice? Firstly, once you have set a physical space, you know, your altar, your bedroom, whatever works, and you've set aside a phys- like an actual time, this is very important, right? Even mm-hmm. if it's five minutes or half an hour, commit, set a timer and have a time frame where you know you're going to meet yourself. And then what I advise you to do is multiple things. So the very, the simplest thing you can do is intuitive dance. It's so simple that we overlook it a lot of the time, right? So intuitive dance or breast massage or shaking or moving your body in chaotic ways. You don't even have to move to the rhythm of a song. You just make a mess and do the opposite, you know, from what you would be doing normally, right? You can express sounds. Imagine if you're moving your body and you're feeling, this is fucking boring. I have other things to do, right? So going to the felt sense into the cessation of that frustration is like, Oh, maybe it feels like a little knot in your solar plexus or like, oh, that overlay, that overarching sense of resistance. And you go into that resistance. It's pretty simple, but we have to do it, right? And when you go into that resistance, you want to move as that resistance. 
<sighs> right? Give it a sound, give it a breath. And just a few minutes of this a day, they will begin opening your emotional body. Thank you for sharing that. It's so valuable. And it has also changed my life to not call it like a commitment or something I have to do, but to call it a devotion to my soul that I know when I, I don't have to do it. No one is going to control like, are you doing your morning practice? You're doing it because it impacts the rest of your day. And it impacts the way these five minutes in the morning when you switch on a song and you close your eyes and you allow your body to move and not from your mind, what you think looks good, but really what feels good. And then be with everything that arises through sound, through breath, through movement. This is how we learn to really be with the discomfort and to slowly go deeper layer by layer. And I love that you talked about the inner masculine because I <laughs> can only speak for myself and the women I work with. Sometimes we want a man to hold us in our deepest emotions and we're frustrated if he can't hold our, our emotions. But I realized they couldn't hold me because I couldn't hold myself in my emotions. And I really needed to establish an inner masculine a safe container that I can also hold me when I'm a mess and I'm falling apart and I don't depend from a neediness like can you please hold me because I can't but to yeah to be in my masculine to my feminine to surrender can you give some tips on or just maybe if someone listens and doesn't know what we're talking about what the inner masculine is what the inner masculine represents and how you can establish a strong healthy inner masculine for your emotions to feel safe to come up Absolutely. What a beautiful question. Thank you so much. Yes. So there is this myth that it's bad to be in your masculine. There is some kind of distortion, you know, in this conscious community that we just should be feminine, right? And just work in our feminine, reclaim our feminine and all the things. And the masculine somehow is evil, which is completely yes, in my opinion, right? Inner union means creating a strong inner coupling between our inner masculine and inner feminine, right? And the depth and the strength of this inner union will be very accurately mirrored in our external union, meaning our romantic relationships, right? So the best way to see what our inner union looks like is just look at your relationships, right? Do we attract partners who are deeply present to our emotions and stay with our emotions until they transform, you know, from anger to sadness to grief back to love? Or do they disconnect as soon as things get hard? Very often, this is exactly what we're doing to our inner feminine. Or another example is our sexuality. Do we attract partners who just want to get straight to the goal, straight to the clit, to their orgasm or ejaculation? Or are they really happy and just inspired to touch your whole body for hours because it feels delightful? Most likely, this is going to be another reflection on how we approach and devote to our own sexuality, right? Mm -hmm. So in their masculine is that energy of presence, commitment, strength, structure, planning, maybe even provision, safety, right? And the feminine is that energy of movement, flow, feeling deeply, whether it's pleasure or pain, it does not matter. It's intuition, creativity, cyclical, right? So to create that inner union, the most direct access and practical access, access point for most women is our emotions, right? Because when we live in the heart, we're pretty emotional, right? It's changing all the time. Not once a day, but usually more than once a day, right? Yeah. <laughs> so 
the best way to begin strengthening our inner union, which will also affect the kind of partners we call into our life or the of the depth of commitment our current partner wants to offer us is by paying attention to our emotions and staying with them and holding them until they transform. Meaning that it's not only two minutes or just holding my heart, <sighs> breathing a little bit, I could get to work. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> staying with them, staying with them, staying with them. And I think the easiest tip I could give women to know what they need when deep emotions come up and again, needs is needs are there to be met. And needs come, needs can be found in our deeper emotions, not on Google, right? Many women ask me, so how do you know what my needs are? Like, <laughs> ask your emotional body, don't Google them. <laughs> and the best way to know about your needs is when you're feeling something deeply, you can ask yourself, what would you want from your beloved right now? Even if you don't have one, imagine your ideal beloved. Would you want him to give you words of affirmation? Telling you that it's fair enough that you're feeling frustrated about something that happened during work, right? Or you're such a beautiful woman because you feel so deeply. I love your emotion. Maybe it's being held in an embrace. Maybe it's having a conversation where you can simply vent and just speak all the things out loud where you're not being fixed or solved for 10 minutes, right? And then you give that to yourself or find ways to have this need met. But very often, we don't give the very thing we want or we need to ourselves because we don't really know what that need is. It's so simple and so nuanced. So your emotions are gateways to understand what your needs are. Okay. And just one little tip. If you're experiencing deep sadness or sorrow or grief, very often it's a need. If you're experiencing anger or frustration or rage, often it's a boundary that was crossed. Right? So there's nuances and just whenever you're going into a deep emotional practice, then have a look. Is it more sadness or is it more anger? And then depending on the flavor of the emotion, there's going to be different action steps to be taken. Thank you for sharing that. And do you have personal practices besides holding your own emotions that help you yeah, establishing a healthy relationship with your inner masculine? Yes, absolutely. Just one thing I want to mention. We want to hold our emotions. We want to learn about our needs and boundaries so that we wouldn't have to do this by ourselves, right? I do believe in creating healthy, secure attachment with other people, our romantic partner and our community, right? So we don't have to do all of this by ourselves. It's helpful to know how to meet our needs. And I don't think that we can meet or that we have to meet all of our needs by ourselves. Not at all. However, this is just the very first step, right? of creating emotional safety within ourselves and other ways to create a healthy masculine in our lives. Oh, there's so many. I, I mean, but just go to like basic practical things that are not, necess not necessarily linked to our emotions, for example, right? Firstly is follow up. If you said you would do something, mm. do it. That creates such a sense of achievement and dopamine for inner masculine. Like now my practice is to get back to my messages, my private messages within 24 hours. If I cannot, I tell my friends that I received a message, I'll get back to you in two days. That just creates actually so much structure in my life that gives me more energy, more sense of achievement and like almost like confidence, right? Another thing is have challenges throughout the day that help you boost that sense of achievement in your masculine, such as cold shower, a workout, having regular breaks, 
where you actually activate your body, right? Through maybe intense movement or dance or even a workout. I personally hate that. Do you hate doing that? <laughs> right? <laughs> I really don't like working out. I love spiraling and feeling, but the workout, I'm like, ugh. But I have an incredible partner who makes me to do makes me do kettlebells, right? Mm. And that's supportive. Another part is my relationship with money and my business. You can actually have a successful business or just self-pleasure yourself to success without having healthy structures, right? Mm -hmm. Just gathers baths and manifesting the crystals. It's not really going to work if yes. you don't follow up, if you don't have structures, discipline, if you don't delegate your tasks effectively to a team and do your money work. Mm -hmm. So my commitment is to get back to my team and do the things I have to do every single day, right? My commitment is also to have money dates so that my finances my invoices and everything are in order so every friday i have a money date whether it's five minutes just to see how much money i have so that i am in connection to the energy of money or whether it's doing like a full financial inventory of what's happening in my business and doing some financial planning right and you know looking at taxes and things like that which i don't exactly love doing but when i have a money date it's my inner union because I bring pleasure. I have a special money pleasure playlist. It's called exactly money pleasure, which I play when I dance. I connect to the energy of being just penetrated by money, which feels amazing. And then I sit down and get shit done. Right? Mm. So this is how I evoke my healthy masculine in many areas of my life. I love that. And it's so amazing to see how the attachment styles of relationship are also relatable to the attachments to money. We can be anxious about money and like always think we lose it. So we hold on to it, like the anxious attachment style in relationships, or we can be afraid of it and we avoid it. And we don't never look at the bank account. We just spend and we don't have to stay in these patterns. Same as in relationships, we can choose to create a secure attachment to money by creating money dates, by showing up, by not avoiding and not holding on, by, by allowing it to flow. Same with relationships. We Nobody wants to be with someone who's clinging and holding on and nobody wants to be with someone who's completely avoiding. And Absolutely. Yeah. How did you experience this in your life that when you discovered the polarity work and the work that you're sharing, intimacy, how does it relate from your love life to your business? Just like when it comes to attachment styles, polarity is also very universal, right? So primarily is also my inner polarity, right? So my inner union between the inner masculine and feminine, you know, they can just relax and be at peace or they can feel magnetic to each other. They can feel that there is like, mm, we support each other, we supercharge each other, right? So I try to bring that inner polarity where my feminine wants to inspire and seduce my inner masculine. And my inner masculine is there to fully claim her because he's turned on by her to my business, right? And so, for example, my approach is always being really down to earth and being really practical, right? This inner polarity could sound like, okay, sounds nice, but what do you do with that? So when I talk to my clients, I see, I ask myself, which of my inner energies is required here? Right. So for example, someone is sending me a DM. They want to work with me. So I'm like, okay, do I actually want to let them feel my heart? Do I want to magnetize them and maybe be playful? Right. Mm -hmm. Or do I want to 
create structure and safety because they probably need to reveal something deep about their hearts and just ask them some really powerful questions, maybe very short and powerful questions where they feel, oh, she's got a, like a frame, a strong frame that I can lean on to. Mm. Right. So I'm usually very intentional about which kind of energy I bring when. Mm. Does that make sense? I love that. Yes, totally. And how do you apply that in your relationship, the art of polarity? How does it look in your everyday life? How can you consciously surrender or tap into your feminine openness in your relationship right now? In my life in general or in my romantic relationship? In your romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so my partner does similar work. So that makes it easier because we have, you know, the language at the very least to do this work. But primarily what we both do, leaving the language and the practices apart, we're both very committed to bringing these energies intentionally to each other. Meaning that we're careful, basically we're careful about what kind of energy we're bringing to each other moment to moment. Mm. If I've just finished my work day, I've been in my goal oriented mode. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Right. I'm with that energy, which I have a lot of, <laughs> and I love it. If I come to this, with this energy to my partner, I'm a partner is very masculine. We're going to have like a really cool conversation about business. We're going to be like bros, but <laughs> it's not exactly energy, which creates sexual desire. You know, we're going to have an incredible conversation, but maybe not a very deeply intimate moment. So then it's my feminine practice to transition back to my feminine. So I have something called the sacred shift. I even have a guide, a free guide about this, where I've listed 20 simple ways. How to transition back to your feminine at the end of your workday? Of course, if your natural essence is feminine, that makes sense to transition back to if it's natural to you. So I take my time, just like in the morning practice, to feel my body, to move to go for a walk, to get a shower, to go to nature, watch the sunset if possible, right? Even get changed. I love getting changed too, <laughs> to reflect my change in my energy. And then when I come to my partner, Kevin, he feels me very differently. Even mm -hmm. if he asks me, okay, so how was the day? Then instead of having to speak about what I did or my to-do list, I can bring him my feminine aliveness. I'm like, oh, my day was so delicious. I want you to feel how delicious my day was for my body. And then I can just curl up on him, play with him, jump on him, kiss him, lick him, right? <sighs> and tell him like, wow, it, it's hard to have that you're so on purpose. Let me feel your power, right? So I have a very different kind of resource that's available in my body to offer to him as mm. a feminine being. And that creates polarity. So instead of talking about business, then we would probably play and he will pin me against the wall and say, oh my fucking God, you're a sexy mm. goddess. I want to make yeah. love to you, right? Mm. So of course, not all the time is like that. Some of the days I will feel tired and then I'll have no energy to, you know, radiant feminine. But still, I can bring the vulnerability of my heart and say, hey, babe, oh, I'm feeling really sad right now. I feel, I can't feel my heart. And then, you know, if I have the awareness, I can amplify it. Actually, amplification of our struggles makes a whole difference. I'm going to say, babe, it's so hard. I can't feel my heart. Can you fuck the computer out of me? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And I feel that something, some women, they, they would love a man to, to lead them and to push them against the wall, but they already carry so much resentment because he doesn't do it that we 
forget the part that we can do to shift the whole energy everything can change if we come in like you just described it I almost get turned on when you described how you really come from a present open alive whole space and invite him in and that's when he loves to be in his masculine what can you share as a tip for a woman who wants that who wants to open and wants to practice the polarity work but that feels the resentment in their heart what a beautiful question and actually i don't think that polarity work is really effective unless we have cleared our relationship with the masculine right so it's so important to do the deep embodiment the deep healing work first before we can have that openness in the heart to offer that openness to our beloved right so the very first steps usually are healing our relationship with the masculine primarily with healing our relationship with the father right it's known as the father wound then doing probably some profound healing work around our emotions the anger the resentment the stories that build up over the years through our past relationships and once we begin healing our relationship with the masculine often deep deep emotions come up the resentment the anger feeling why do you have to do all of this work now it's time for my man to show up in all the things and these are just invitations for us to turn the attention inwards right to clear those things i have an emotional alchemy guide if that's helpful i have about 17 techniques i think that will support you to clear the deep emotions it's free And eventually you want to be in a relationship with someone who is compatible, mm. you know, who makes you feel safe. I do think that feeling emotionally unsafe and doing polarity work is going to save the relationship. Mm. It's going to yes. just feel a little bit, you know, surface level. So you want to have the necessary agreements in your relationship where you have a clear emotional space, where you feel safe, where you feel chosen as a woman, right? primarily before you go and offer the depths of your feminine heart so to do this work and to feel safe to bring your sexual playfulness for example you want to have done the healing work with the masculine know how to process the deep emotions and also if you're in a relationship ensure that you feel safe in it and that's a compatible relationship mm. Yes, so true. Safety is like the number one foundation to for any healing work or for anything that comes up along the way. Thank you for sharing. And to wrap this conversation up, I have one last question for you that I ask all of my interview guests and I invite you to close your eyes for this one and to imagine yourself as a younger version most of the time there comes intuitively a certain age and through your journey what you've learned all the wisdom you gained what would you like to tell her that would have made her journey much easier that you know now ask for help mm. reach out for support ask mm. to be helped mm. beautiful so how can women connect with you work with you find your magic in the world mm. So where I hang out the most is Instagram. There's usually lots of beautiful wisdom and tips that I share on my stories most days. So Instagram is the best way to connect. I'm super happy to drop in and chat in my DMs. So I am very open. My DMs are open. So feel free to send a message if you want to share anything about this interview or any questions. And also 
I have a really beautiful program coming up called Erotically Embodied. It's going to be the seventh round already. So it has been tested by hundreds of women already. It's the most beautiful and profound and intense initiation into the feminine arts, sacred sexuality, feminine embodiment, and what I call somatic shadow work, right? So that's going to happen soon. And yeah, I would be so excited to have women Mm. experience what's available the power, the depth that's available in their own bodies and their sexuality and in their de-armored hearts. Mm, I loved it. I will link it in the show notes. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I hope you took a lot out of this juicy conversation. Make sure to connect with Aurika. You can find her on Instagram. I tagged everything in the show notes. And if you feel... You want to be part of Soul Aligned, my three months program. I really love to have a conversation with you to know more about where you're at in your journey right now and where you desire to be so we can get you back into alignment and to see if this program is a perfect match because it's not a program where I send the link to everyone and everyone can join. I want every single soul that joins to have the biggest transformation they can imagine and to have results that blow their mind. And I need to see if we're in alignment and we're a perfect match for you to get there. If you're ready to do the work, if you believe in your vision, even if you have doubts, I love to hear from you. And I hope to see you next week.